You better get ready. The coffee's poured and the on-air signs flashing. Broadcasting live and local. This is Lee Faulkner on 864 Triple M. Welcome to the podcast version. A chance to sit back, relax, maybe while you're walking about, maybe while you're mowing the lawn, maybe while you're driving the car and uh, enjoy some of the things that have happened in the show this week, uh, including my chat with Dr. Andrew Rochford, uh, my complete chat with him about the technology surrounding the MyGovern, My Health websites and why we should be not afraid of it and using it more often. So uh, we'll have that for you shortly. Uh, federal, uh, The uh, local member for Toowoomba South, David Janetsky, joined me to talk about his decision to step away from the deputy leader role of the uh, opposition and the federal member for groom Garth Hamilton popped into the studio following a horrendous uh, incident that took place in Toowoomba that put us on to the national headlines. Some very big concerns uh, with uh, the nation's eyes upon a horrendous crime that's taken place the early hours of yesterday morning uh, with a man being shot in the head through the window of a car with uh, another group of people involved following in a car. They then went and burnt that car out. It, it just seems very, very professional, the whole scenario, and extremely concerning for our part of the world. The federal member for Groom is Garth Hamilton. He joins me in the studio. Uh, and Garth, concerning for you as a resident, as a husband, as a father of, of kids here. I mean, this took place up at, you know, in front of Downlands College, for goodness sakes. Uh, you know, this wasn't out in the back of an industrial area somewhere or, you know, out in the desert. This was in our city, CBD. Uh, and it's just extraordinary. And it just is the highlight of an escalating crime scenario that we've seen happening around the Garden City. Uh, but, you know, what is the answer, I suppose, is what a lot of people like myself are asking. Yeah, look, Lee, it is, it's terribly concerning, isn't it? And it's probably part of something we've been talking about for a little while, This the growing crime rates we've seen with cars getting stolen, uh, break-ins uh, on the rise in our area. It's not been a pleasant sort of thing to, to, to watch escalate, Lee. And I want to be really clear too, and I know you feel very strongly on this, um, the local police have my full support on this, and there's mm. no suggestion whatsoever that there's there's something not happening there. We're blessed to have the, the boys and girls in blue doing their job out on the street. And they do a wonderful job. They do a wonderful but job. But they've only got so much resources, for starters, and that may be a part of the problem. But what happens when these people get to court? And this is this is the problem, Lee. You can't tell me what we saw the other day was the first offence that these people have caused. No. Now, we know that the breach of bail laws in Queensland are letting uh, offenders get out and repeat and repeat and repeat with almost no consequences. And this is the problem. People start on this terrible path. They commit a crime. They find out they can get away with it. Well, what do you think they do? They commit another one. Yes. And once they're down this path, Lee, this is a very dangerous place for us to be. And we've seen this sort of culture happen in other uh, cities around Queensland. And heaven forbid we should ever find ourselves looking and feeling like Townsville on this front. I mean, mm-hmm. quite frankly, I know the, the member for Townsville, a member for Herbert up there, he said his house uh, attempted break-ins three times in the last month. I, I don't think we, this beautiful place we have here in Toowoomba, this wonderful culture of accepting people, uh, being a very nurturing place, a great place to raise kids. This mm. is where people come for those those things. And uh, sadly, events like this are going to they're going to knock us around a little bit, Lee. And the fact that we're seeing the rise of these private security firms that are being employed by residents just shows where we're at in a mindset in the Garden City. So, you know, as I say, what is the answer? Do we do we get more poli- Do we need more funding from the uh, state government who look after the police service for police on the ground? Do we need to make the job more attractive to attract more candidates to actually want to take up the role of the police officer? And then do we need more accountability and, and openness in our courts so that we as a public can decide if we are getting a fair go. 
I think all of those things are, are things that should always be in question. But what's the clear point for us now is that in Queensland, these breach of bail laws are not holding back this tide that's growing. So we can have as many cops as we likely. But if the, the kids out there are believing that they can get away with these crimes, they're going to grow into adults who believe that they can get away with these crimes. And that's what we're seeing, a, a culture that's growing up and believing that there's no repercussions uh, for what they're doing. Without that framework, our wonderful, wonderful men and women in blue uh, have their hands behind their back trying to fight uh, this growing trend mm. that we really need to stamp out in Toowoomba very, very quickly. Absolutely. It is very, very scary. All right. The other thing that is very scary at the moment is uh, filling up uh, your car. I mean, I, I, I jest uh, earlier this morning when I said two years ago we were told you can't travel more than 15 kilometres from your home uh, because of uh, COVID. I know you're laughing. Uh, now we can't afford to travel more than 15 kilometres from home because of how much... Absolutely. But, but yes, it's, it's funny, but it's not because it's impacting... Uh, tourism, it's impacting transport industry, it's impacting mums and dads. Uh, this is massive. This fuel price hike has gone very, very quickly. Uh, now, as far as uh, some relief at the Bowser, I mean, is there any chance of the, the federal budget coming in and, and there being talk of perhaps relaxing that excise uh, from your counterparts at the federal level? Look, I think the first bit we'd have to talk about this, Lee, is, is we need to see very clearly, this is related to what's going on in the Ukraine and what's going on in Russia. This is, a, this is a global situation. Our friends in the US and the UK, they're having the same conversation. Yeah. And I know and in New Zealand, it's $3 a litre right it's now. Extraordinary. That, it's extraordinary. Yes. It's extraordinary. But here's the hard bit. As, as we sit right now, there is no quick path out of this. Any of the options of what's happening in the Ukraine, if Russia were to, to uh, uh, be very successful very quickly, those sanctions are still going to be in place for a long time. If the war drags on for a long time, Lee, and uh, heaven forbid, if it escalates, these sanctions are going to be in place for a long time. These pressures are going to be here for a long time. So what, we, what, what response needs to happen can't be a knee-jerk one. We need to understand this is going to be a situation we're going to have to deal with for a while now. Mm -hmm. Why I'm concerned about removing that excise straight away, because that's what pays for our roads. Yep, I and understand that. And particularly out here in these regions. I, I was out at Brimble We won't Road need the roads, though, if we can't afford to drive on them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I understand that, but no, at the yeah, same yeah, time, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a balancing act that, that needs to happen. That's the point. That's yep. the point I'm making, Lee, is it's, there's balance and we can't just tear a Band-Aid off. We've got to really be careful about how we're going to deal with this. So if we're going to reduce that excise, we're going to have to find another way to keep our roads going. Because out here, roads just aren't how we get to and from the shops. This is how our, our industry works. This is how our, our livelihoods are made, moving goods to market. Uh, the, the roads here are so much more important than a little slip lane in, in the back of Indrapilly. This is, this is how we do business. This is how we live. So to sustain that is the most important thing that we can be focusing on, as a, as, certainly as a regional member. This is what we need. So I, I think if we're going to go down the path of removing that excise, and I, and I think there's, there's a lot of merit in doing that, mm -hmm. Uh, we need to find a way to offset that funding yep. uh, for our regional roads. And I, would, I wouldn't accept a conversation about removing that excise until there's something on the table that shows me how we can keep that road funding coming through. All right. Uh, they are a couple of the very big issues. There's no doubt about that when it comes to our part of the world and the federal member for Groom, Garth Hamilton. I appreciate you uh, talking uh, to me about them this morning. I really do. I know there's, uh, you know, we've got a lot of fantastic positive things in this beautiful part of the world. But uh, at the moment, there's a couple of things that we really do need to be talking about and they are exactly it. So thank you for your time this morning. Oh, no worries, Lee. It's a region worth fighting for, mate. I like doing it. No doubt about that. It's the best place on earth for mine. Well, these days using technology, it's really a wonderful thing for us. There is so much available now uh, that we can do just from our homes. And uh, the Australian Digital Health Agency is just another uh, string to the bow, as it were. And to tell us a little bit more about it, I'm thrilled to say that Dr. Andrew Rochford joins us for breakfast. Good morning to you. 
Good morning, Lee. Now, as I say, there are so many things that people can access now from their homes, off their smartphones, tablets and, and computers, and particularly, I would imagine, good for those that have found themselves a bit isolated due to the flooding that has happened around our part of the world. Yeah, it's quite incredible. I mean, digital health and these digital tools have been around for some time, but it's quite incredible how important they've become in the last two years. Obviously, with the pandemic, uh, you know, people had you know less and poor access to their healthcare professionals. You know how important our medical records, vaccine records, all of these bits of information has become. And now with with disasters such as the floods, the devastating floods, I mean, it just proves again how important it is to be able to have your health information with you, no matter where you are. So, yeah. the my health record. Um, that just means you've got you don't you don't have to think about what you have to grab if you need to get out of the house or if you've left anything behind. It's fine. All of that information is there within your My Health record, um, so that you can keep up with your um, with your health um, without needing to carry around you know going to the days of the Manila folder or trying to find prescriptions <laughs> yes. and all those other things. Absolutely right. And and for a whole raft of things. I mean, obviously one of the big things that we've been talking about now for a couple of years, and we've still got a bit to talk about, uh, is uh, COVID and, and all your in, immunisation information is on there and and everything you need to know about the, the current statistics around COVID and you and your health. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's become so important now to have that vaccine certificate with you, have your, the immunisation register. And it's just one of the things that's in your My Health record. You know, as we start to travel more, move around, you know, visit different types of health professionals. Having that information with you is so important. But you also have past medical history. Medicines, I think, is another really important one. I yes. Think, I think it's really important for people to understand that if, if you are flood affected and any of your medications, you know, was contaminated at any point by flood, we're obviously immediately um, throw that out. And you can, um, you can use electronic prescriptions now. So you can connect with your healthcare professional using telehealth. They can send you an electronic prescription. A lot of circumstances, you can get that medication even just um, directly delivered to you. So there's just new ways of doing things. We're seeing a huge increase in the number of people that are accessing these innovations, and um, and I think we're going to see it into the future. Should people be concerned about privacy issues? Because that has been the one big thing that have, uh, I have heard from my listeners when it comes to uh, the uh, the MyGov and My Health uh, sites. I think we should be concerned about our privacy in everything that we do in the yes. digital world online, whether it's social media, whether it's banking, whether it's watching content. You know, anytime we pass over um, information that's personal, we need to make sure we're taking it seriously. And, and medical and health information is no different. Um, obviously, in the case of the My Health record, obviously it has, you know, arguably some of the most um, you know, significant investment in making sure that pri- those privacy levels and those um, those anti-fraud and anti-piracy um, type um, checks are in place. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's the foundation it's built on. But then once you get your My Health record, you're the one that starts, you, you take control of that information. It's yours. It's not the government's. They can't just show it to anyone. That's not how this works. Um, you can set the privacy settings. You can get alerts every time that there's information added or that one of your healthcare work professionals is is accessing your My Health record. So it's once you get that My Health record, just in the same way that you manage your emails, you manage you know, other accounts that you have, you manage that, you control that privacy, and, and you've got the ability to see when anybody's using it. All right. Well, don't be concerned about the technology. Embrace it, and it certainly can work for you. Digitalhealth.gov.au. There are plenty of details there. And uh, Dr. Andrew Rochford, thank you for unpacking a bit of that for us today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Lee. 
You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. And spare a thought for Colin Craig Brown, whose entire life has been turned upside down. He thought he had a record spud, but came back to earth with a giant thud. No, it's not the opening page of a bad Dr. Seuss book, but instead the story of a Kiwi, who thought he'd unearthed a world record-breaking spud while in his vegetable garden near Hamilton in August last year. The gargantuan discovery weighed in at 8 kilograms, which would make it considerably heavier than the current record holder, discovered in Nottinghamshire weighing about five kilograms. Colin then began a whirlwind tour of worldwide news shows at the end of last year as interest for his giant spud grew. Remember, most of the world had been in lockdown for some time, so even potatoes seemed interesting. Anyway, Guinness World Records had to send a sample of Doug off to get tested before crowning him the new top potato. But the results were devastating. In a bizarre root vegetable version of Mori Povich show, using the tuber version of Ancestry.com, Britain's number one TV breakfast show announced the results to the world while Colin looked on uncomfortably cradling his would-be potato. Doug is not a potato. (laughs) He is a very impressive good. Good God! Yes, Doug was an imposter, a fraud, a charlatan and a gourd, which is basically an edgy cucumber. Colin, while devastated by the news, says it won't end up in a stir-fry because it'd be like barbecuing your pet lamb. And it's fair enough if he's not ready to abandon, liquidise or devour Doug just yet. After all, they've come a long way together. So instead, Colin and Doug will do what every high-profile person whose career is now in the toilet does and go on SAS Australia. You cannot be serious! The uh, member for Toowoomba South, David Janetsky, joins me uh, on the line this morning. Good morning to you, David. G'day, Lee. How are you? Very well, mate. Now, obviously, uh, since the last time that you and I spoke, uh, you made a pretty big decision, and uh, we saw it uh, on your uh, on your social page. Obviously, we've seen it playing out in the news. Uh, a big decision for you to step down from the position as the deputy leader. What was the machinations behind that decision? Um, yeah, look, Lee, so... Um the the position is uh, was a great honour, but I I just found that it was uh, it was just putting too great a toll on on my family at the end of the day. Yeah. And when you look at a uh, you look at a state MP, you know we I start the year every year with three and a half months away. That's just a given when you're sitting away in Parliament. Um, but then as deputy, I was finding you know three or four days away every week, and I don't know, like I, I still think. My most important job in life is, is husband and father. Yes. And, and, and my hope is that, you know, this decision helps restore some balance in, in life. I think, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'll, I'm retaining quite a senior portfolio. I've got treasury, investment and trade. But um, just to take that little step back, um, it, it'll give me a little more time at home, maybe another day. Uh, back in Toowoomba, in the community as well, um, you know, doing my job as my as being a local MP, but um, just to have that, that touch more time with the family, um, I, I just think it's the right thing to do. And in the end, it was quite an easy decision in that regard. All right, something I'm sure you're hearing plenty from your constituents at the moment uh, would be the cost of living, uh, with petrol now going past $2 a litre and uh, so many other prices just soaring at the supermarket and, uh, and elsewhere. Uh, it's, uh, it's really becoming tough. Uh, Lee, it is, and um, you see it, you know, I think we're all probably doing it. No one's quite filling up the fuel tank at the moment. They might get halfway or three-quarters of the way there or 30 bucks or whatever the budget, family budget can afford. 
Um, you know, it was interesting yesterday. I heard that um, SPC uh, were putting up the price of baked beans and spaghetti uh, between 10 and 20%. And uh, so when you're hearing on the most basic staples like baked beans and spaghetti, um, you know that there are real challenges both through the supply chain and also in input costs. So everybody, uh, every business, um, and and now every consumer will be feeling feeling the pinch. And uh, it's something that I'm hearing more and more of, um, you know, the family budgets being stretched. And, um, you know, a lot of it, we've got to thank Mr. Putin for that, um, you know, in terms of some of the uh, prices that we're facing with, with oil. Um, but let's hope that that gets back under control. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is there some wiggle room perhaps for your federal counterparts to have a look at the excise at the moment, given just how high fuel has gone? Yeah, it's it's an interesting debate that one, and I reckon so. The federal budget's in a fortnight, yes, and and I reckon fuel excise. They'll be looking very closely at it. Of course, that's a double-edged sword because when you pull back on on fuel excise, that means less spending on roads because that that tax that's brought in is often tagged to particular road spending, and we all know, particularly after the floods, again a lot of roads have been washed away that need to be rebuilt and repaired, but. Um, I reckon the federal government will be looking pretty closely at cost of living measures um, in in the budget. So I think we'll all be keeping an eye out for that. Uh, And in the meantime, um, you know, we've just got to do what we can to keep the family budgets trim. Absolutely. And look, just wrapping up on some positives, I mean, apart from the beautiful blue sky day we've got outside the window here at the moment, the Garden City's looking amazing. Uh, we've got, uh, mm. you know, full dams after the rain. And, uh, and you know, again, the Wagner citing a, a massive deal with the Vietnamese company uh, that'll see direct flights between Southeast Asia and, and Toowoomba and more freight moving, which is just great news for our local business community and our entire economy here. Yep, mate. They're an amazing family, and I and I I'm always amazed at the entrepreneurship and willingness of of local businesses to give it a go. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, it is easy uh, to to get negative uh, in life, but we do live in amazing part in an amazing part of the world, yeah. a, a beautiful part of the world, and it has great prospects. And uh, it, it's always a privilege for me to represent it. But I I reckon. Uh, the best days are yet to come for our region and with families like the Wagners and, and others that are developing uh, major projects that are investing into our region and employing our young people, um, you know, there's lots to look forward to. Without doubt. Uh, the member for Toowoomba South is David Janetsky and, uh, mate, thank you as always for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. Great. Thanks very much, Lee. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. And music superstar Sir Rod Stewart has proved once again that ladies love the tradies. As he donned high-vis and hit the road to fix up his own street after seeing it was full of potholes. My Ferrari can't go through here at all. Okay, so in the video, he swings a shovel around a bit, dressed in his iconic Adidas tracksuit and sneakers, does less work than ScoMo on a disaster relief tour. I don't hold a hose, mate. Yes, yes, we know. And part of his reasoning was that he simply couldn't drive his Ferrari down said road. Now, it's hardly Band-Aid, but the people of that particular part of Harlow in Essex will be glad that someone has now taken notice of the condition of the road. Potholes. 
Rod filmed himself on his TikTok account, standing in the road alongside a bunch of lads in a van full of gravel and appeared in good spirits, probably because the other lads were doing all the heavy lifting. So it's a little bit of a first world problem, but at least he rolled up his sleeves and got out there to take matters into his own hands. I mean, 40 years ago, the only time a rock star would have rolled up their sleeve was to find a vein. His post was captioned, working for a living, filling holes is good for the soul. Anyway, the whole thing worked, with the local council telling the BBC they're now onto the problem. So the moral of the story is, if you need anything done in your part of the world, just call on your local mega-rich, world-famous entertainer, and boom, presto, job done. You cannot be serious! <laughs> <laughs>